Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, as always, it's an honor to have you join with us. And I have some of our team with us today, and we'd love just to say welcome to you. So, hey, team, give those watching us today a round of applause and welcome them into our experience. And speaking of experience, uh, we want you to experience and engage with us. And one of the best and easiest ways to do that is to simply scan that QR code and, and we'll also put the link there uh, in the chat so that you can a- have access to that. We'd love to hear anything that's on your heart concerning prayer requests. Maybe even it's even pra- praise reports that you want to pass along to us. We believe in the power of prayer and uh, we just want to come alongside and stand with you in any area of your life. So please let us hear from you. Well, we are in week four of a series that we're calling the Rethink Life experience. And uh, we're having a great time. We've been uh, really collectively as a church working through the Rethink Life book together. And uh, we also have been receiving daily devotionals that comes directly into your inbox. If you want to sign up for that, that will also be there in the QR code that you can take advantage of that as well. And then also we're doing everything together in the context of life groups. And so we're learning to rethink some very important areas of our lives. The goal is to shift our perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with our lives. And so today, and I want to encourage you to take some notes, okay, because this one's going to hit us all between the eyes. And as I'm sharing with you, I'm preaching to myself, okay, because trust me, this is one of those messages that's a lot easier to teach and preach than it is to live, okay? And so as a one fellow struggler to maybe some others out there, I just want you to know, okay, hey, this is not easy, but it's an important message. We're talking about rethinking our priorities. And so what I'm going to do for a few moments is I'm going to uh, just really begin by sharing uh, something that happened to me uh, that I'll never forget. It was years ago. We were going to Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, really just kind of an annual tradition uh, for our family because uh, most of our family live in Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, Michelle's younger sisters and her parents all live there. And so uh, since we live in Orlando, it was always easier for us to travel to go see them rather than their whole family coming to see us. And so uh, we would always, you know, take the kids and go spend the week with grandma and grandpa, get to see everybody. And on this particular trip, uh, because we had so many, you know, pieces of luggage, you know, all the kids and all the stuff. And, you know, of course, got to bring all the Christmas presents back home. So we took these large, like extra large Samsonite, uh, you know, suitcases with us. And um, as we were preparing to come back home, uh, I'll never forget, we got one of those early morning flights. And so I was already, you know, just in my mind thinking, man, we got to get everybody packed up, suitcases packed, ready to, to load the car with because we had like a six o'clock, you know, a.m. flight. And so, you know, we, it was like 4.30 in the morning when I'm packing the car. But here's the thing. Before I packed the car, it was pitch dark, okay? And so when the alarm clock went off, I got up, I grabbed those 
big, heavy suitcases. And my sister-in-law, the house where we were actually staying, she had this beautiful, they had this beautiful winding staircase that obviously took you from upstairs down to the main foyer area of their home uh, that led you to the front door. And so I'm going down this uh, winding staircase, holding these extremely heavy suitcases, and I also was barefooted. And the problem was, is that this winding staircase had carpet on every step, except for the last step, which was wood. But they also had wood floors. Well, I couldn't see because it was dark and I misjudged the step from the carpet to the main floor. And when I did that, I slipped and I fell onto the main hardwood floor. Suitcases went everywhere. But when I landed, I landed on my big right toe. Okay. Fast forward many years later, because as I was lying there in pain, okay, in fetal position, crying out for help in the pitch dark, wee hours of the morning, I had broken my toe. It was excruciating. I was in so much pain. And here we are many years later, and my big toe, it goes like that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's always a reminder that I made a major mistake on that staircase. But here's what I want to share with you today. I believe that for many of us, we make a very similar mistake. And you know what that mistake is? Just like I misjudged the distance between the carpet and the main floor, for many of us, when it comes to the subject of priorities, we misjudge the distance between our commitments and our priorities. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. So, for example, I realize that uh, like all of us, we have a lot of commitments in our life. In other words, uh, we say yes to a lot of things, right? I and mean, we say yes not only to a lot of things, but we also say yes to a lot of good things. And let me give you a kind of a case in point of what I'm referring to, because like most people living in today's culture, you know, there's a lot of options. There's a, there's a lot of things that, you know, we can get, uh, you know, very... Um, you know, very busy with when it comes to the things that we do say yes to. So, for example, obviously we have, you know, things like, you know, like work. Uh, you know, we have, of course, not only work, but if you're a student, you've got school. You know, you've got those kind of commitments. And then, of course, you have, you know, other responsibilities that you have when it comes to commitments. It could be, you know, other, um, you know, relationships, friendships. But then you also have, if obviously, if you're, if you have a family, you have things you got to commit to to make sure you care for your family. But the list gets longer because what happens over the course of time, now all of a sudden we start signing up for a lot of things, right? So now we got, you know, Little League and now we got, you know, youth sports and activities. And of course you got hobbies, you got hunting, you got fishing. And of course, you know, everybody gets tired. You got to have a little getaway from time to time. You know what I'm saying? So we got to go to the vacation home, the, the beach condo, or just want to go to the beach, you know, or perhaps, you know, you want to shop. You know, I, I, know, no, I, know, I know there's no ladies out out there watching today who, who I'm, I'm sure most of you dread shopping, but I've heard it's been said, okay, that many like to shop till you drop. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we got the subscriptions. Of course, you got to have Netflix. You got to have Amazon Prime. You got to have all the stuff. I mean, the list just gets endless, right? And here's the thing. None of these things are bad. None of these things are evil. In fact, there's a lot of good things in all of these things that we say yes to when it comes to our commitments, right? But here's another thing. Every one of these commitments that we sign up for, 
Every one of these commitments that we say yes to, they all cost money and they all cost time. And again, nothing wrong with all of these things. But then we also have our priorities. And our priorities over here can, you know, can certainly be things like, you know, our relationship with God. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, we're putting God first, right? At least we say that's important. You know, we say that that is most important, you know, when it comes to a value or a priority in our lives. If you're married, you know, you have your, you know, you have your spouse over here. Uh, you know, if you are maybe involved in, in church, you know, you've got, you got church, right? You, know, you want to make sure that you're, you know, committed to worshiping the Lord in that area. Maybe you're part of a small group. You know, you got your, you know, small group that you're a part of. You know, you want to have, of course, you know, time for, you know, your, your Bible study, you know, and prayer, you know, all of these, all of these things, you know, are, are, are you know, huge areas of our lives. And we want to, we want to also, you know, um, you know, commit to maybe giving back to the Lord. So we want to give once again, you know, the, the tithe. What is that? That's 10%. That means that we're returning our first and our best back to the Lord as an act of worship. So again, all of these things that we say are important, our priorities, what happens over the course of time, there's usually is a gap between what we say is important compared to all of the commitments that occupy our time and consume our money that rob us from the things that we say is important. And what is the result? The result is the fact that there is stress that's involved. We have you know, tension and, you know, maybe what happens over the course of time is there's even frustration in our lives. We begin to get, you know, resentful because of some of the things that we have, um, you know, signed up for. And what happens? We feel drained. We suddenly become complete, uh, depleted in our lives because of all of the things over here that are occupying and consuming our time. So I think you get the point. The point is, when it comes to our priorities, we say certain things are important, but over the course of time, all of the commitments, they eclipse the priorities. And as a result, there's stress, there's tension, there's frustration, you know, there's even resentment that begins to build up, and then we feel totally drained. And I'm going to say something that even sounds a little crazy, but I believe it's true. You know, what's crazy is that even when we get to this place feeling complete, completely drained by all the stuff that consumes our lives, then we start looking for more stuff to fill our cup, right? Why? Because we feel drained. But here's the issue. The issue is not what is filling our cup. The more important question is who is filling our cup? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because just like we learned from last week about rethinking happiness, let me tell you something. All of these things over here are temporary. All of these things, they can be good things. But you know what? Most of these things on this commitment list are the temporal things of this world that over time become distractions in our lives. And so what we have to remind ourselves with is that God doesn't want us to feel drained. He doesn't want us to live with unnecessary stress and and tension and frustration in our lives. What does that do? It robs us from our 
joy and our happiness. That's why the who is filling our cup is such an important question. Why? Because we need to be at the feet of Jesus. We need to look to him who can fill our cup. Why? So that our cup can be filled with his joy and our joy can overflow out of our lives. Why? Because we are living out our priorities. You see, more than anything, what we need in our lives is we need God's priorities to become our priorities. And how do we find God's priorities? Let me tell you where they're found. They're found in God's principles through his word. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn today an amazing story in Luke chapter 10. It's the story. Many of you are familiar with it, of Mary and Martha, the two sisters, and Jesus was invited into their home. And we pick up the story in verse 38 in Luke chapter 10. And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village there in Bethany, just on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, keep in mind, This was very traditional and very much a part of the culture of their day where people would open up their home. It was just a way of expressing hospitality to any guest or people that were invited into their home. And of course, on this day, Jesus was invited to come into their home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So people were gathered in Mary and Martha's home. And so as Jesus was speaking and as he was teaching, Mary is at his feet and she's listening to what he was having to say. But Martha, notice, was distracted by all the preparations that that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help. And then Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be Taken from her. You know what Jesus was emphasizing to Martha? It was this busy is not better, better is better. Let me repeat that busy is not better. Hey, I don't care how many distractions and things that we got going on in our life. Listen, busy is not better. No, better is better. And what Jesus was emphasizing is that, hey, while you're preoccupied and distracted over here with all these things you got going that are good things. But here's the key. Mary is doing what is better because she is worshiping me. She's putting me first. She's giving me her time. She's giving me her devotion. She's giving me her heart. She's listening and she's In my presence, she's completely devoted to me. And I think what happens for many of us is that we allow all the commitments in life to suddenly become distractions, just like Martha, that takes us away from the main thing. And that is just being in the presence of Jesus. It's worshiping him. You see, Martha was a worker. But Mary was a worshiper. But here's the thing. What we have to realize is that there's actually a pattern for busyness. 
In fact, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot this down. Number one, this is one of the first things that we learned from this story, and that is that we need to understand the pattern of business. Because notice what happened in verse 38. Martha, the Bible says, opened her home to him. So in essence, what she was doing is she was acting on good intentions. You know, every one of us who have a laundry list of commitments that we've said yes to, things that suddenly we've signed up for, things that all of a sudden now consume our lives, our commitments that fill our calendars. Well, guess what? Many of us don't realize is that all of those things that we signed up for, we said yes to, probably started out with good intentions. I mean, no harm in any of these things, right? But here's the problem. In verse 40, It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations. In other words, those distractions suddenly begin to derail her from what was better, what was most important. And then in verse 40, we also see that now she was feeling the pressure and on top of the pressure, now she was looking for pity because it says when she actually called to the Lord for help, she said, Lord, don't you even care? Hey, she's like, Hey, throw me a bone over here, okay? I'm over here working my fingers to the bone. I'm trying to make sure everybody's happy. I'm trying to be a good host here. I'm trying to prepare prepare a good meal. And yet, you know, my sister over here, she's doing nothing. And notice what happens. The fourth thing, and that is in verse 40, what does she say? She says, tell her, speaking of her sister Mary, tell her to get up off the sofa and get over here and help me in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? In other words, you could kind of like almost hear the angst in her voice. Why? Because she had a little chip on her shoulder. Why? Because she was now growing resentful of the fact that she was over here working herself to death while Mary was just in the presence of Jesus. And let me share something with you. There is a real pattern to busyness. And before we realize it, our spiritual enemy, our adversary, wants us to get so busy with all of the commitments that we've signed up for, that we said yes to, that we thought was going to be a good thing, now all of a sudden they have become distractions in our lives that derail our lives, that may even cost us more time, may end up costing us more money, now ends up bringing more stress, more frustration, more tension, more disappointment in our lives. And again, it all starts with good intentions. But here's what the enemy's strategy is. He wants you to get busy and stay busy. You know why? Because here's how you define busy. Being under Satan's yoke. And so what happens is we suddenly become entangled by all the commitments. And those things in and of themselves can rob us and distract us and derail us from the good things, the better things that God has for us. So we have to understand that there is a pattern for busyness. But number two, we have to define our distractions because honestly, most of us over here, we know that we've already got ourselves pretty committed. We're locked and loaded on a lot of things in our lives, right? But here's the reason why we need to define our distractions because if you can't define them, you can't defeat them. In other words, you need to actually take some time. Listen, I don't care if, if, if you're by yourself If if you're married, maybe get with your spouse. Hey, you may want to call together a family powwow, a little family gathering, a little little get-together in your living room, and maybe everybody just needs to say, okay, let's get get a whiteboard, let's get a yellow pad. We're going to start 
identifying the things that we've said yes to that is consuming our time, that is costing us unnecessary money, that's competing for the things that we say are most important in our lives. We have to take the time to do that. We've got to define our distractions. Here's the thing. Every time we say yes to something or someone, keep in mind, we also are saying no to something or someone. So if we're saying yes to something over here, just keep in mind, we're saying no to things over here. So we've got to understand that, you know what, when we name and we define what those distractions are, then we can start eliminating those things. Why? Because I've often heard it said in this way, a great um, author and, 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 and Bible teacher from many years ago made this statement. He said the secret to concentration is elimination. So at some point, listen, if you're going to focus your life, you got to start letting go of some things that the enemy is using to derail you and distract you from the good things that God has for you, the better things that God has for you. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, notice, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Listen, God has a great plan and he has a great purpose that he has for all of us. And listen, we got one shot at life to make an eternal difference and impact on the people around us. And if we get busy and distracted and get derailed by the good things in life that keep us from the better things that God has for us, then we're missing out on what is better. Remember, busy is not better. Better is better. And we got to understand that. I love the story of, of uh, Samson in the book of Judges. You know, he was, uh, uh, people often say that he was kind of like the first biblical bodybuilder in the Bible. You know, he was kind of a he man who also had a she problem. And what's interesting is that his parents for years had prayed that they would have a child and uh, they were childless. And, and then an angel finally appeared to Samson's parents before he was born and said, I'm going to give you, God's going to give you a child. And, and because because of, of this long-awaited answer to your prayers, I'm, I'm going to ask that you dedicate him to the Lord, consecrate him to the Lord. And so with that, they were also to submit Samson to what was known as the Nazarite vow. And basically, several of the vows that they were to commit to, number one was the fact that Samson would never uh, you know, have any kind of alcoholic consumption in his life. Another thing is that he would never touch a dead thing. And the thing that really set him apart that was so unique to Samson was his long hair over the course of time. It was symbolic of his spiritual and physical strength, but he was never to cut his hair. So keep those three things in mind for just a moment. You see, those were the important things that God wanted Samson to ultimately live by and to ultimately prioritize in his life. And he started out doing that very thing. God used him in a tremendous way. He had, you know, helped in many ways, single-handedly bring about victories by himself to help protect the people of Israel. But one day, 
Samson suddenly began to get distracted by a beautiful woman on the other side of the, of the boundary lines. And he fell in love with a Philistine woman by the name of Delilah. And not only did he fall in love with her, which was forbidden, but Delilah began to seduce him. And over the course of time in their relationship, Samson found himself doing a number of different things. For example, one day he actually was attacked by a lion and Samson actually killed the lion with his bare hands. Now, remember the vows that we talked about a few moments ago, because shortly thereafter, Samson came back, saw the dead carcass of that lion that he had killed with his bare hands, and noticed that there was a beehive that had made its way in that carcass. And what did Samson do? He had a sweet tooth as well, and he reached down. What did he do? He touched the forbidden. He touched a dead thing. Well, we go a little further into the story. Why? Because he wanted to marry Delilah. And one day Delilah seduced him and she found out the secret of his great strength. And because she found out he had long hair, they knew that if they could get him drunk, which was another vow, you remember? Because he was not to touch anything that was fermented. They knew if they could get him drunk, they could pull the secret out. And that's exactly what it is. He fell asleep in Delilah's lap. He was drunk. He had already touched something dead. And now they cut his hair. And he lost his strength. And he literally lost his influence. And ultimately, he never regained the kind of impact that he could have had and he should have had had he had stayed focused on the priorities. But instead, he got distracted by a lot of good things in his life. So here's my point. The point is this. Sometimes we can see something as insignificant or seemingly insignificant in our lives that we say yes to that ultimately over time can have a negative or significant impact in our life that over time we end up regretting. So here's the thing. If we're going to rethink our priorities, number one, we got to understand that there is a pattern for business busyness. Number two, we got to, listen, we, 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 we've got to identify. In other words, we've got to actually define those distractions in our lives. And then number three, we got to say no to the good so that we can say yes to the best in our lives. I like to say it this way. You see, a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps us from the best thing. Let me repeat that. A good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps us from the best thing. Let me give you a personal uh, story that happened to us. And I'm sure many of you, if you, if you, maybe if you have a family, you've gone through similar situations or yet they make some hard decisions, emotional decisions. This happened to us with one of our daughters, our oldest daughter at the time. She was involved in you know, junior cheer and she was in the whole cheerleading scene. And, and it was a big deal. It was really a great honor and a great achievement to make the cheerleading squad you know, at the local high school. And, and she tried out. And, and she made it. And so it was a big deal. And, and, uh, and then once we got a little further involved in that process, we began to realize that it was a serious commitment. You're talking about time and money, man. We were like, what did we sign up for? Why did you try out for that? And so over the course of time, we began to realize that it was also pretty intense. There were a lot of high expectation and there was a lot of drama. I found out what, what the true definition of what a drama mama is. I mean, there was a lot of drama mamas in that little cheerleading squad. I mean, it was, it was like a soap opera. And so all that said, 
And we begin to realize that, you know what, all the time and all the energy, the commitments, all that was being required of her and those cheerleaders and all the practices and the games and everything that went with it was suddenly competing with the things that were important to us as a family. And it was also important to our daughter, Rebecca, to the point to where she decided that she was going to step down after her freshman year and she was no longer going to be a cheerleader. And all of the moms and all the other cheer, cheer, the girls on her cheer squad and, and the cheerleading coach just couldn't believe that she was giving up such this incredible opportunity to do these other things. But it was in her heart that she wanted to be more involved in our church. And it was in her heart that she wanted to spend more time pursuing her music because she had really felt the leading of, 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 and calling of God on her life to pursue worship. And she ended up letting go of a cheerleading opportunity that nobody understood. In fact, she got harassed and even felt rejected by some because she said no to a good thing so that she could say yes to a better thing. She wanted to pursue God's priorities. Fast forward. Today, she's now 24 years of age, and she, this past week, at the timing of the, the time of the filming of this message today, she had the opportunity to actually sing before over 18,000 women around the world, leading them into the presence of God. And as a dad, I thought to myself, you know, I wonder, had, would she have had that kind of a moment? Would she have had that kind of an opportunity if she hadn't said no to something that was a good thing? in order so that she could say yes to an even greater thing that God wanted to use in and through her life. You see, all these things are not bad things. But here's the thing. Sometimes we have to make the hard call in our life and ask ourselves the question, hey, are all of these good things that we've signed up for, are all of these commitments that are consuming our time and our money, are they competing in our relationship with God? Are they serving as a distraction from us growing in our relationship with God? Are all of these commitments, is it keeping us from growing in our marriage? Are we no longer having date nights? Are we no longer spending quality time together as a family? Am I no longer able to commit to maybe serving and using my gifts and my abilities to make an eternal difference through the church? Am I no longer giving what I could give because it's already been spent over here? I want to give and I'd like to give, but unfortunately I can't because I've already overcommitted myself to other things. Maybe you're at a place you say, man, I've always heard about these small groups. I'd love to be a part of a small group, but I can't because I have this or I've already committed to that or we've already signed up for that. You get the point. None of those things are bad things. They can be good things. But again, the secret to concentration is elimination. Sometimes we need to say no to the good things so we can say yes to the best things, the better things like Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and worshiped. She put him as her highest and greatest priority in her life. Jesus said it best, and I'll close with this in Matthew 6, 33. Hey, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. I just believe with all of my heart that when God's priorities become 
our priorities. And we suddenly begin to live out God's priorities in our lives. And we begin to grow through God's principles, through his word. And all of a sudden we begin to live our lives with the fullness and the joy that comes from worshiping the Lord and prioritizing our relationship with the Lord. Guess what? When we put him first and we pursue him first and we prioritize him first in every area of our life, guess what? God will take care of all the other things in our lives as well. So I just want to say to you, as hard as it is, as we rethink our priorities today, let me just remind you, busy is not better. Better is better. Understand that there is a pattern for busyness. Hey, define those distractions because if you can't define it, you can't defeat them, okay? Get rid of those things that are distracting you and defeating you and learn to say no to the good things so you can say yes to the best things in your life. Would you join me in prayer? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, can I just say that... um, You know, if you're watching this at home or maybe you're watching this from your cell phone, wherever you are, you know, I just believe that maybe God today is speaking to your heart and is challenging you to maybe rethink or maybe reprioritize some areas in your life. It could be a relationship. It could be some friendships. Maybe there are some friendships in your life that you need to let go of. It's the old saying, you know, your friends are either taking you up or they're they're taking you down. Maybe there's some things today that you just need to confess to the Lord. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you've drifted from all of these distractions. And maybe today you just need to define those and ask God to forgive you. And maybe today you just need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And maybe today you just need to worship Him. You need to reprioritize your relationship with Him. Some of you here today, maybe what's draining you and maybe what you feel is missing in your life, you know, is, is, is the fact that you're missing out on a relationship with God. And it's not church, it's a relationship. And if that's the thing that's missing in your life, can I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart? Today, I want to encourage you to commit your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Just say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin." Today, I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again. And today, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you just prayed that prayer just then, I want you to look at me because, listen, you just made life's greatest decision. And we want you to know, hey, we celebrate you. Hey, team, would you give those right now that prayed that prayer just a round of applause? And uh, we would love to know. And so if you prayed that prayer, do me a favor. Uh, Would you just, uh, again, there'll be a little QR code. You can scan that. There's a little form that you can fill out. It will allow you to uh, download a little PDF that will um, contain a little booklet I've put together that will help you get started in this new spiritual journey in your life. Again, if you have prayer requests, other things that um, you would love to share with us, or if you'd like just to learn better ways to get connected into the life of our church, just scan that little QR code, look at the different options that there are there, and we want to do all that we can to help you 
become all that God desires for you to be. Hey, we love you. We're so honored you've chosen to worship with us today. We can't wait to see you next Sunday here at Rethink Life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.